Has anyone been to Branson, to the Sight and Sound Theater, and have seen the latest show, Queen Esther? Go ahead, raise your hand. All right, then you are well prepared for today's message. For the rest of us, I, or, I, I hope that you'll be so inspired, like, I'm going to go read the book. It's in the Bible, Old Testament, and, and I hope that you will take the time to read it short. You'll make it through. Now, the reason that we are having this message today from the book of Esther is that I, in my personal devotional life, read through it, and I thought, oh, oh, yes, I want to preach on this text. And the reason is that it's so offensive. It's about everything we hate about men and their, their abuse of power and money and women. And I thought, well, we need to hear about this. And it's, it really is a story that starts off about men behaving badly. And boy, King Xerxes, there was no one more powerful, richer, more in control of the known world than that man. He, his empire spanned from India to Kush, which is outside of Egypt, 170 provinces. And his wealth had been amassed so greatly and he was so secure in his power that for 180 days, he had all of his gun collection, his antique cars, you know, all of his artwork, you know, all of his stuff. You know, when, when men were behaving badly, want to brag and show off, they put all their stuff out. So everybody can just be envious about them. It's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, let me tell you about this. This chariot, it was used by, yeah, you know, and just goes on and on. Now... Not only if you're powerful and rich do you want to be envied, you want to be loved. And so the king thought to himself, well, what better thing? I'm going to throw a party. But it's not going to be just a party. It's going to like be the party. You know, I want people to be talking about this party for the rest of their lives, telling their children and their grandchildren, I was there. I was there, like Woodstock, you know, oh, it was this awesome, and, I, and it's going to be like all week, and I want there to be a, an, a bottomless tray of ribs and chicken, oh, the buffet with all the desserts. Now, keep in mind, he had conquered all of the lands from India to Egypt, and he has all these golden goblets, each one different than the other. He says, I want those to be handed out and liberally given out as much wine as anyone wants. And this isn't just for the elites or the military leaders, from greatest to least. And oh, was it a party. You know, people were shouting his name in the streets, Xerxes, Xerxes, high-five him, and as he went by, this was the party. And yet, even at the height of the party, it just, there was something missing. My queen, oh yeah. And so, here in his, his hanging garden palace, which, if you look it up in history, is one of the seven wonders of the world with its paved, uh, paved inlaid and its furniture of gold and ivory and all this. But he didn't have his queen. I need my queen. Tell her to grab her crown. I need her out here because she's beautiful. And I need everyone to know just, just how good I have it. Well, I've yet to see a woman that really enjoys being objectified. You know, just really appreciates that all you care about me is how I look. You know, my hair, my beauty, my features and form. No. And, and so the queen refused to come. She will not be oogled by all the men of the kingdom. 
well, good for her, right? You know, stand up for yourself. And no, and, and that was that. But that wasn't that. You see, this wasn't just a royal spat between a king and a queen. This wasn't just a, a little tiff between a husband and wife. No, the whole society was going to come down around his ears if he allowed this to happen. Because if all of the women hear what Queen Vashti did, then they're going to treat their husbands the same way. You see, the whole story seems to be about men behaving badly, misogyny, abuse of power, and it doubles down at this point. What are we going to do? Well, a decree was issued in all the different languages so that if Queen Vashti does not wish to appear before the king, we're going to make her, but she's never again going to appear before the king. And her royal position will be taken and given to another, uh, wait for it, one better than she. Yeah, you heard it. Okay, so there's that final little dig, and, and, and never again will she see it. And now the whole purpose, the whole moral, the story of chapter one, is so that every man can be the ruler of his household and every woman know her place. That's not good, right? Why is this in the Bible? Okay, what? why is this being in church right now? What? What is going on? Well, it all begins to make sense when you find out the one who is better than she. Queen Esther, whom the book gets its title and, and it's all about her, she's the hero of the story. She doesn't put men in their place, although in the end, yeah, the men, the villain, he gets put in his place, but the story is actually about something very different. You see, she has a secret identity, and this secret identity is going to play a very key role in saving everybody, men, women, and children. While the name of God is never, ever mentioned in the entire book, the whole story is something unsuspected, and it has a secret identity too. It's all about God. It's about God who is the king. You see, this pattern of God being the king of the universe is repeated over and over from Old Testament to New. Is he not the most powerful one in the universe? Does he not own all of the wealth of, not by conquest, but by creation? He placed all of the stars and the constellations in the heavens. He created the mountains and the trees, the seas. He filled it all with beautiful and wonderful things and then has invited all to eat and to drink as much as you want from least to greatest. And then he gathers us in his party, in his pavilion, in his hanging garden of the Garden of Eden. Now, if you're with me so far, and if you're willing to stretch a little bit to see the pattern of the story, then you have to ask, well, then who is the queen? Queen is humanity. This, too, is a pattern that has been repeated from Old Testament to New. It's how the New Testament ends, the story in Revelation, with a wedding banquet of wine and, and rich meats and everything uh, for the bride of the Lord, which is humanity. Now, in this story, in the pattern of God inviting us all he now asks humanity, his bride, to come and show your beauty to the world. I know I might have had you till then. You're like, what? Okay, is God objectifying us? 
Really, is it just about our hair and our skin and our features and form? Oh, no. Remember how humanity was created. In the image of God, he created them. It's not about our weight and our height, but about the character inside of us. That the world would see what it is to see beauty, true beauty, and goodness and kindness and gentleness and all the fruit of the Spirit. It was to come out that we would see who God is through humanity and the beauty that you and I possess by our Creator. But the bride, humanity, when we heard the command to come to the party and show our beauty, we, we stamped our foot, we folded our arms and said, nobody's going to tell me what to do. And we walked away and we refused the king's command. And that's fine. God will not force us to show our beauty in the world. But the consequences are severe and eternal. Never, ever again will the bride be allowed into the presence of the king. And your royal position will be taken and given to another, one better. And this one better was found. And this one better did love the king with all of the heart and soul and mind and strength. This one better only did what the father wanted. This beautiful one whom we know is Jesus. This one obeyed the father all the way to the cross. But like Queen Esther, he's got a secret identity. You know, and, and this identity, once revealed, saves everyone. As he's hanging on the cross, enthroned with a crown, not of gold, but of thorns. As he's hanging on the cross, crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is the one cast out of the presence of God and allows an open door for all of humanity to come back into the king's presence to again be the bride, to again be filled with the Spirit and be beautiful for the world. It is here in Jesus, in his secret identity as the true Son of God, as the true one who is better than us, that you are forgiven, that you are welcomed back into a life with God. And the command is the same, to go into the world Show your beauty. For you have been created, now recreated, into the image of Christ, into the image of God. And so, living in the kingdom of God, husbands, husbands, come and show the world what it is to treat a woman with respect. For husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, our tall order is to love our wives and to treat women with such respect that if there's vacuuming to be done, you're the head of the house, you're new it. If there's dishes to be done, there's a diaper to be changed. If there's something hard to be done emotionally in which there needs to be a first move towards forgiveness, you're it because you're the head of the family. Yes, just as Christ is the head of the church, you're the head servant of the family. And I've yet to see a woman who would not get out of the way and allow her husband to serve in all the dirty jobs that need to be done. 
men, women, and children, whatever, whenever you find yourself in a position of power, which you have responsibilities over the care of other people, be it in the classroom, be it in the, the workplace as a, a manager of people, be it as a salesperson in charge of caring for the customer's money and the quality of what they're receiving. We learn the beauty of what it is to care for people through Jesus. He says, I've not come to be served, but to serve. And that our attitude, yes, even our attitude is to be that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very form of God did not consider equality something to be demanded, but he made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. See, greatness and beauty in the kingdom is the care and love of one another, the sacrifice of yourself. And it all stems from the beauty that we receive from being the bride, from being the one whom God so loves and has created this world that we might live with him in the garden. And so this world, for such a time as this right now, needs the beauty that you possess as being the people of God to be evident, to be shown in the world, and the Holy Spirit who dwells in you will make it so. Amen.